King just introduced a new sandwich called the Roasted Garlic King, which is a burger with a thick garlic sauce. Burger King said, if this doesn't keep people six feet away, nothing will. There you go. Oh, low-grade Burger King garlic. Mm-mm. And low-grade jokes about it. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I like old Jimmy, but... Uh, but to what? So many of the jokes are just falling flat. Mm-hmm. Of course, they always have, really. But I don't know. He's a nice fellow. I wish him well. I think he's going with the Leno model. He knows how bad he has to be to yeah. be popular yeah. with the common right. folk. Right. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Tim, the lawyer, wrote an absolutely fabulous piece for the Dispatch about the limits on presidential power and state power and Supreme Court cases through the years, trying to figure out who's allowed to do what and who's not. Um, and uh, there's a lot of good stuff. We'll we'll post the link at armstrongandgetty.com so you can read it yourself. It's, it's fairly long. But uh, at, at the second segment of the show every day, we do mailbag and... We almost always start mailbag with a freedom-loving quote of the day. I don't know. I just got in the habit of doing that. And I th- we, we ought to think about doing that again during this, the fourth hour of the show. Number one, uh, because it would be easy. And uh, that's easy really... Easy and kill time is uh, really in my wheelhouse. Right, right. And I am a man who craves leisure. Um, and, and secondly, it's, it's a good little feature ad. But anyway, perhaps our freedom-loving quote of the day could be this uh, from Tim's article. And he's talking about um, Justice Robert Jackson was warning that the Supreme Court decision that allowed Japanese-American internment during World War II in a case that was overturned officially two years ago in an opinion that called it gravely wrong and morally repugnant. Okay, But here's the quote from Justice Jackson, Tim's article. The decision would become a precedent that, quote, lies about like a loaded weapon, ready for the hand of any authority that can bring forward a plausible claim of urgent need. Man, that's some writing there. Yeah, yeah. That's it's granting these so-called emergency powers. Lying about like a loaded weapon. Ready for the hand of any authority who can bring forward a plausible claim of an urgent need. Once you give government, whether it's the federal government, the state government, or whatever, a power like they're exercising right now, you know, closing the parks and the golf courses and telling you you can't leave your home. Once you hand them that loaded weapon, all you have to do is wait for the next plausible claim of an urgent need, and you'll see that weapon wielded again. Well, like the governor of Michigan saying, I've heard people are buying hoses in hardware stores. Well, that ends today. They yeah. need to tape off the aisles where they sell the hoses. If you need to buy, I forget what you could buy. If you need to buy plant seeds for your garden in aisle seven, you can. You're not allowed to go to aisle eight to buy hoses. And anybody who does, we, what what the hell are you talking about? I think that I think that woman jettisoned her her chance to be the president with that. I would hang that around her neck like the very garden hose she won't allow me to buy. No, that's, that's not, just tin horn dictator crap. This is like so many things with politics. You hear those things differently if you if and I don't know if like being conservative is a genetic thing <laughs> like my two kids are with uh, with with dirty spoons if you're just born that way or you learn it or what but when I hear government officials talking about doing things like that I just reflexively like tense up and my bones hurt there are other people that seem to when they hear any government official restricting things it makes them feel safe and comfortable for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it just, I know. That's it. their automatic reflection. It's just, 
oh, okay, now somebody in charge is making rules. That makes me feel better. It makes right. me and, want to scream. And telling other people what to do and what not to do, finally. Yeah, I know. It makes you want to throw a punch, but uh, it, it's it's terrible. I was railing earlier in the show. In my county, they've closed the golf courses. And the uh, the, the gal who's like the county health director listed several reasons why. And all of those reasons, every single one, has been dealt with by the golf courses. Nobody's touching the flags. Nobody's reaching in the holes. The the water, uh, the ball washers are covered. Um, the, even if uh, you weren't, even if the golf courses weren't dealing with it, though, there's evidence to show that people would be doing it on their own. It's right. been going on enough now. You wouldn't need to tell me there was a rule that I don't grab the flag. I'm not grabbing a flag with my bare hand, just like I'm not grabbing anything else with my bare hand right now. And not because somebody told me I can't. Right. It's because I'm trying to stay away from it, just like any normal human being is. Right. I was playing uh, the other day, and uh, it was during the social distancing, but golf courses are still open, period. And uh, a buddy of mine, he, uh, you know, I made a putter, whatever, he, uh, which is a rarity, and uh, he, he scooped the ball from the hole and tossed it to me. And I thought, oh, it tossed it, you know, okay, that's all right. He's healthy and all. But I had that reflexive, hmm, I hope we don't have any of that uh, bat flu on there. And, um, <laughs> I hope there's no bat flu on my golf ball. <laughs> and it, it wasn't because the nice lady who runs health in my county had warned me. It was because I'm a sentient human being, and I could figure it out for myself. So, darling. You are just wrong on every count. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're in love with your own power. You're erring to the side of denying people's liberty, even though there's no coherent medical argument for it. And that's what really bothers me about this whole thing. And as I said earlier, the standard shouldn't be essential, non-essential. Because, I mean, think of the least essential thing you can. I don't know, buying you know, hard candy at a, in a tourist trap. If there is zero chance of transmission while buying or selling that candy, why isn't that candy shop open? It's not essential, non-essential. It's safe, unsafe. That's got to be our standard. And I realize that makes it a little complicated to enforce. So I'm I'm willing to meet you halfway on this. But a lot of this stuff is uh, is now the... The uh, the bureaucrats, the mall cop inflated with their own authority, uh, bureaucrats, have started to focus on essential, non-essential, forgetting the primary purpose of this stuff. I'd be and kinda, it's, just, it's a pisser. It makes me mad. I'm kind of interested in what people have to do and what they are doing on their own, because I think there's a lot more people doing things on their own than... Um uh, than some who are in love with government would, uh, would 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 guess. So you don't need all these rules. But I went out to buy an ab- iPad over the weekend, and so I went to one of those strip mall areas where you've got a Best Buy and a Target and a bunch of other stuff. But the Best Buy and the Target are side by side. There's a Michael's Crafts in between, and I think it was closed. But the Target is open and the Best Buy is open. But the Target was open in a in a pretty much a regular sort of way, and there's tons of people going in and out. Everybody's wearing masks. They weren't checking for masks, I don't think, but everybody was voluntarily wearing masks. You could see people wiping off handles or using gloves and everything like that. Now, nobody mm-hmm. was making them do that. They were doing it on their own. And then the Best Buy, and I was just comparing prices on the iPad between the two. You couldn't go in the Best Buy. They had people sitting outside, and you could order, and they would bring it out to you, or you could right. order it online and pick it up outside Best Buy. And I don't know if that was purely a decision they made on their own as a company. But Same like, with the liquor stores, Jack. My liquor browsing days, just looking at all the bottles, all the different sauces that'll help me forget my problems. Those are over. You got to order online. 
But if we have evidence that people will, companies will make these decisions on their own, people will make these decisions in their individual lives, then we don't need all these mandates, and I think the economy would 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 be much the better for it. Right, and then if you hear, wow, there's a resurgence of cases in your area, people are testing, everybody would pull back, and not because some county health lady told them to. Right. Any, in fact, anybody who would refuse to obey any of the county warnings, they're not obeying them anyway. I mean, they're they're doing what they want to do anyway. There's so, so many things. I just don't know whose behavior you're affecting by these picky you and little don't buy garden hose dictums. I stopped. That the, would be dicta, wouldn't it? I stopped at the donut shop yesterday, and um, I, I still think it's hilarious that donut shops are open because they're quote food. Nobody needs donuts. Nothing <laughs> could be nothing could be less essential than donuts. I, I'm I'm struggling to come up with anything off the top of my head that's less essential than donuts. I'm struggling to come up with anything more delicious. Oh, they are delicious, but nobody should eat a donut. So there are lots of stores that should be open if you're going to have a donut shop open. But the couple of different donut shops I've been to all have a sign. Yeah, yeah no more than three people in the store at a time. Stay six feet away from You could do that with all kinds of different stores. Sure. Not just the donut shop, which yeah. doesn't need to be open. The fact Especially that my, because it wouldn't affect how quickly you got served. I mean, you'd just be lining up out there instead of in there. No, the fact that my buddy who runs the uh, a comic book store and sells all kinds of collectible stuff like that, he hasn't made a dollar in like a month and a half because he's not allowed to be open. But the donut shop is doesn't make any sense, and it's bad for the economy. All It hurts all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. I should get in contact with that guy. There's a couple of comics that I want to buy and, and read during this this Including time. Including a very rare Mary Worth. What are you looking for? Uh, I believe the, the comic series is called Saga. Uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to, they'll often pick a piece of, of culture or movies or whatever, and they'll kind of watch it and go through it with the, the people who listen to the podcast. And this is that's the next thing they're going to do. And uh, they explained it. It sounded pretty neat and something that was up my alley. And I'm trying to do less digital, more physical reading of things. Oh, there you go. So I was I was going to pick up some comic books. Most of the people that are in his comic book store are roughly your age, I notice. Yeah. That seems to be the uh, the, the sweet spot. And many have man buns. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if Northern California football fans had heard this. But the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Oh, I'd forgotten that. In fact, they gave away a lead. Anyway, there are those. <laughs> there are those, Jack. Learned humans, medical professionals who believe the 49ers losing the Super Bowl saved thousands of lives. I want to hear that. I will explain next. Two quick financial things before Joe explains how the 49ers losing the Super Bowl saved lives in San Francisco. I couldn't have told you for $1,000 who played in the Super Bowl, and it was only like a month and a half ago, right? It was in February. Niners got beat by Mahomes, Mahomes. I, um... So there, as of today at irs.gov, there is a get my payment thing you can click on to find out when you're going to get your check if you haven't gotten it yet. Oh, so really? Click on That's that. Handy. Yeah. 80 million Americans will see deposits in their bank accounts as of midnight tonight. So you can also, I believe on that, you can check to see if they have your banking information 
And if not, you can enter it. You probably won't be on the early things, but you can kind of, if you are already on the track of getting it mailed to you, it seems like you might be able to give them your banking information and get a direct If anybody calls you or emails you, just give them your social security number. Right. (laughs) Date of birth. Mother's maiden. Yes. Your favorite passwords. (laughs) (laughs) And just go from there. Uh, The other financial news is... I'm going to use my check to buy me a... Big, giant chocolate pie. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Don Geronimo, the uh, the late, great. Uh, he's not dead. He's just not in the business anymore. Uh, actually, I think I, I would get myself like a really, really good top hat. I mean, from yes. a professional hat maker. If Custom fit. If you get the $1,200 check, you're getting a top hat. Oh, a $1,200 yeah. top hat. A really good top hat. <laughs> That'd be a good one, I assume. Yeah. I don't know. I've yeah. never priced top hats, but it seems like that would get you among the best. <laughs> Um, not one of the ones with the blown out top that you see the chimney sweeps have. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. In this financial news, U.S. retail sales plummeted 8.7% in March, an unprecedented decline. Nobody's ever seen anything even close to that. The previous yeah. record was 3.9%, uh, and uh, this was 8.7%. The the usual the markets are down on news that is that's always dumb. It's always way more complicated than that, or, or sometimes it's not even true at all. And I find myself a little uh, skeptical that the the giant hedge funds and uh, investment funds and all they it hadn't occurred to them that retail sales would be down a lot. I mean, <laughs> and they were so shocked by the sell sell. <laughs> Uh, auto sales dropped 25%. That's really not surprising. That auto is the best example of pent-up demand. Uh, Aside from a very few people who can impulse buy a car, that's, you know, that's something you're going to, uh, you had planned out, you have to delay it, and you'll do it as soon as this is over. At the other end of the spectrum, restaurant meals. That revenue will never be made up. Most of us could count the number of vehicles we're going to buy in our lifetimes on our fingers. So, yeah, that that will be made up. On the other hand, clothing, I don't know. Uh, Clothing store sales collapsed 50% drop in clothing sales in a month. That's unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Probably why my niece, niece, I have a niece who worked at JCPenney, and she lost her job there. They just got rid of people. And um, her other restaurant job she got furloughed from. And oh doesn't my go, gosh. And uh, senior year of school got canceled, so no jobs, no school, no nothing. Awesome. Oh boy, but as That's I keep crazy. but as I keep saying to my kids, it's everybody in the whole world is doing this. It ain't just you, all right. The whole world right. is not happy with their life right now. So, right, right. Uh, what was the what was the meme I just saw? Um, I remember. I mean, even even if your life is not like completely disastrously off the rails. Uh, let's see. Uh, the woman is saying to her husband, "Can you blink more quietly, you effing effing?" <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, a bit little of bit that. Of that. There is yeah. a little bit of that. Yes, Sean. I remember being young and having people try to explain to me and put things into context by saying, "You know, the whole world, or you know, the the classic example of you know, there's kids starving in Africa. You finish your dinner." Um, but I had it. It must be impossible to try to properly contextualize the whole world. To a child, because I had no understanding. Like, I get, I, I understood that my mom was trying to communicate something important. Right. But it didn't really sink in as, oh, yeah, everybody's going through this. Yeah. That might well, not be the best way to do it. it and, and there's no way that kid in China's going to get my food anyway. Right. So what does it matter if I finish it or not, or Africa or whatever? Kids in China are eating room-temperature old bats. 
No, they're not, Jack. Well, they may be. But as it turns out, it was not Chairman Xi's bat-eating virus. It's the Homer Simpson-run Chinese labs <laughs> yes. that the virus came from. We've a great interview. We'll play you a couple of highlights from that in a yeah, minute. Very much like to the Springfield nuclear reactor. <laughs> exactly. It's like Homer call, Simpson. China. Homer Simpson's in charge of their most secure labs in China. It's unfriggin' believable. But anyway, Jack, you may recall it was the. I certainly do. It was the first Sunday in February as the 49ers of Santa Clara had a 10-point lead with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh, I'd forgotten that. Until Mahomes rallied the Chiefs uh, and, and beat them. And therefore, well, at that very moment, that was there was a crew. Game. Oh, it was a great game, unless you're a Niners fan. Um, at that very moment, uh, scientists at the University of California, San Francisco's COVID-19 command center were staying up all night to get that going as the first cases had been con- confirmed um, at that very same time. And as it turns out, there were many, many more cases in the Bay Area than they even believed at the time. Wow. And if the Niners had won, there would have been a parade with hundreds of thousands or millions of people slapping backs and hugging and coughing and sneezing wow. and drinking beer and the rest of it. It could have cost thousands of people their lives. That is really interesting. That could have changed the whole California thing. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A really interesting story that Joe just had about how if this if the 49ers of San Francisco had held on to their fourth quarter lead in the Super Bowl, they would have won the Super Bowl. There would have been a giant million-person parade. I mean, sometimes those parades are enormous. Oh, yeah. And who knows how many people. At the time that the coronavirus was spreading around San Francisco, and San Francisco could have ended up being like New York in terms of cases and deaths. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Turns out Jimmy Garoppolo was the Super Bowl hero, Jack. He should get the MVP. Mahomes should send it to him in the mail. Yeah. You're the MVP for losing the game and Dr. saving all Nar- lives. Dr. Naraj Segal, who leads uh, the University of California at San Francisco's COVID-19 command center, said, quote, of the gigantic post-Super Bowl parade that would have happened, it's certainly hard to imagine a more high-risk situation. No kidding. And then, you know, people pouring into the bars and stuff afterwards and everything like that. Oh, yeah. It could, it could have changed everything. Um, that's wild. And at that time uh, that the Super Bowl was being had, that's when the scientists still thought it came out of the uh, a, a wet bat <laughs> in one of those markets. Yeah, uh, one got of us those the disgusting virus. frog's head chewing off markets. The video posted at armstrongandgetty.com. Which brings us to our conversation with Josh Rogan, who's a columnist with the WAPO and is just a terrific writer and really, really enjoyed the conversation. It is available uh, via the uh, the podcast um, in a couple of different forms at armstrongandgetty.com. And it's, I think it's labeled pretty well, so you can find it. But uh, we talked with him a lot about what appears to be the truth now about where this thing came from. And it was not the the wet bat market, as Jack so charmingly refers to the wet markets there. Uh, it was bats, though. But here's your key clue. I mean, it's more than a clue. It's, it's, it's like the whole case. Two years before this thing happened, U.S. Embassy officials 
visited a super high-security Chinese lab that was studying... Now, see if you can hang with me here. Coronaviruses from bats. And these U.S. officials said... This uh, this uh, this lab is run like crap. It's it's not safe. It's 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 awful. And um, so Josh, in our conversation, got into the specific reasons why the they got a bat from a market theory is bunk. What the original Chinese government story was that it came from this Wuhan seafood market, and that was what people just basically went with for a while. Over the last few weeks, that story broke down for several. Interesting reasons. One, the market didn't sell bats. Two, the bats under from the coronavirus are from like a thousand miles away. Three, Chinese researchers pointed out that actually the first cases had nothing to do with the market, so it probably it didn't come from the market. Four, they bleached the market like the government. They like sanitized the whole thing, which is the opposite of what you were do if you were engaged in a genuine forensic investigation into mm. the market. And so people inside the government started to think, oh my god, the U.S. government, oh my god. What's in the, what's the other possible theory? Oh, what about these two bat coronavirus research labs right next to the market? Could that be a thing? <laughs> and they dug up this cable from 2018 from these experts who were so concerned about it at the time that they went to this Wuhan Institute of Virology, and they were so shocked by what they saw that they tried to sound the alarm. They tried to say, oh, my God, this place is doing risky bat coronavirus research. It's not safe. And if we don't do something about it, there could be another pandemic that comes from this research from these labs. Jack, you made some really good points about how this theory. Uh, yeah, I know <laughs> that how this theory so much better explains the giant Chinese cover up. Oh, we have a clip on that or am I real? No, no, I was, okay. no, was going to ask you. Um, to, to I thought that was a fantastic it. setup. Well, here's me in real time. Um, you don't have to introduce it if it's just the it's, people assume that. <laughs> Here's me speaking live. Um, well, yeah, I can see how they would be disappearing doctors and journalists and that sort of thing uh, if it actually leaked out one of out of one of their labs because everything you know all research is run by the communist government and it blows up their theory that our communist way of life is the most efficient safe, prosperous way for for societies to function if it turns out that their own labs let this get loose. If it just got loose in a, uh, if it just grew out of, uh, you know, animals kind of organically, that's not near as big a deal, I don't think. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, people are eating wet bats and the rest of it, and it's unfortunate, but it's not a disaster for the Communist Party exactly. Uh, but this would be a Josh Rogan, again, or the Washington Post does a great job of describing the pressures that uh, people are under in a communist regime. Imagine you're like a Chinese scientist and you find out that something horrible happened in your life. Are you going to report it to the local Communist Party boss? No, because that's the end of your life, okay? And same thing if you're the local Communist guys, are you going to report it up to Beijing? No, because that's the end of your life. So this is part of the problem of having a closed, corrupt, you know, uh, system is that the incentives are all for everyone to hide everything all the time. Yeah, when he says it's the end of your life, I don't know if he specifically meant it's the end of your physical life like they'll kill you. In some cases, they do that. But at the very least, it's the end of your ability to uh, live an enjoyable life. Your your choice of jobs goes completely away. Your choice of where you want to live, where your kids go to school, when you run afoul of the Communist Party, all just comes to a, a complete end. Right. So in that way, right. your life is over. And so uh, the the Wuhan fish market there, the wet market, whatever you want to call it, 
Uh, that was, as it turns out, just an incredibly convenient scapegoat for the giant uh, Chinese communist cover-up, partly because of the relative locations of the labs and the market. So the Wuhan CDC lab, which is like the lower level lab, it's biosecurity level two, which is like, you know, better than your high school, but not a lot better. Uh, <laughs> that one's 300 feet from the lab. Really? Now, Wuhan is- wow. So, oh, oh and the, so their their lab is 300 feet from the market. Yeah, so how convenient is well, that? That, for the that was one of two labs. Yeah, yeah two the labs. super, super secure one. It's, it's because they're dealing with horrific uh, microbes that would cause hundreds of thousands or millions of deaths. They're supposed to be level four, like hazmat suits. Uh, the protocols for coming in and out of a room, super high-level uh, air filtering and the rest of it. We've all seen it on the movies, right? Like, you know, what was the uh, Dustin Hoffman Ebola movie? Hot Zone. Hot Zone, that's Lo- it. That, that, that was the first book I ever read about a pandemic. That book, I just, I couldn't get enough of that book about but the that- Ebola escaping out of a lab. Oh, yeah, that, oh, it was so gross, too, that disease. I mean, there's nothing good about the uh, Chinese. You bleed from your nipples is the Ebola virus. You don't want to do that. Or maybe you do, I don't know. But anyway, um, uh, where was it? Oh, so this uh, this other lab, which was across town in Wuhan, but, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a half hour drive. Um, They were supposed to have that crazy hazmat suit, super secure uh, feel to it. And that's what freaked out the diplomats, our American diplomats, is when they visited this lab. It was it was like run with the uh, the precision of uh, Homer Simpson running the nuclear plant there on the (laughs) Simpsons. And indeed, the Chinese uh, scientists said to him, look, we don't have the equipment. We don't have the training. We don't have the, the facilities are not built for this work we're doing. We're worried about it, too. And so our guys uh, cabled home that, hey, there's this lab in Wuhan experimenting with coronaviruses and bats that has awful, awful biosecurity. Uh, now, Josh Rogan from the Washington Post <clears throat> was extremely disciplined in saying evidence is not proof. There is no conclusive proof that this is where it came from. But come on. Hey, if it walks like a wet bat, and it talks like a wet bat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, Homer so Simpson. So listen, spread the word. That's where it came from. Yeah, and, uh, and the World Health Organization should be uh, telling us about this, not the Washington Post. but. Uh, Homer Simpson, if you remember the opening credits of the show, he had a glowing piece of uranium stuck in the back of his shirt as he was driving home from the plant. That's incredibly dangerous. (laughs) He's outside of protocol. (laughs) Right, and it ends up going down into a drain, which could have catastrophic consequences for the people of Springfield. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, and Homer's obesity makes him, uh, you know, especially uh, a good candidate for various sorts of cancers as well. So you combine that with the radiation, it's terrible. Uh, but uh, so great piece in the Washington Post, which we have linked, I think, or will, at armstrongandgetty.com. Plus, you can grab the complete interview in the podcast. I tell you what, old Josh, he's a serious journalist, um, but he lays the wood to China in the interview. I think you'll really like it. Um. Just thought of this, uh, not related, but uh, popped into my head as I was following a little of the coverage of Joe Biden and that uh, 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 Me Too accuser, that woman that claims that he, I don't, I don't want to use any of the terms. Well, listen, this is not for the kids, obviously. Turn down your radio. He, he 
penetrated her digitally. Well, that's what she claims. Not not with his computer. Uh, <laughs> his fingers. Right. That's what she Allegedly. claims. Um, right. uh, but the Washington Post, and that's why it popped into my head, because we're just talking to Josh Rogan of the, of the Washington Post. The Washington Post and the New York Times finally got on these stories over the weekend, and so um, there's been a bit of a, uh, a hue and cry of, it's about time! Remember Kavanaugh and how you ran all those horrible stories with the, 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 you know, no sources whatsoever and put them on the front page, which is all completely true and a reasonable uh, thing to be upset I have about. hewed that and cried that. Yeah, I have too, but I am not asking for the Washington Post or the New York Times to make the same mistake twice, and that's what I think level-headed people are saying. Doing the same thing to Biden that you did to Kavanaugh does not make the world a better place. It, no, it, it's the opposite, it's, obviously. It's, it's maddening if you decide to draw your journalistic line in the sand here and go back to old practices of you'll only report this sort of story and ruin a man's career if you can uh, you know, have, have some way to document that it's true, as opposed to just going with rumors from crackpots and putting them on the front page of your newspaper. But uh, I'm fine with not trying to uh, right that wrong by having sloppy journalism again with Joe Biden, right now I right. don't I don't know I I don't know in their hearts if they're trying to do it right this time or if it's just because they're not as enthusiastic about ruining Biden as they were about a conservative Kavanaugh, but um, it, it definitely seems like the media is not um, running with this story from this Reed woman accusing Joe Biden in the same way that they ran with a whole bunch of crackpots who were accusing Kavanaugh. I'm not including uh, and, and, Ms. And Ford even, in the crackpot. I'm not including her. And even anonymous letters and such that you yeah. couldn't even you couldn't identify a crackpot. It was just out of the ether. I will tell you this, and if you're of the left, there are two possibilities. Either the uh, wildly irresponsible lynch mob attacks on Kavanaugh's character based on the flimsiest of, of evidence, was deliberate, in which that is some throat-slitting politics, man. That is some brutal, brutal politics. Well, the stakes are high. Or, indeed, or they just got swept up in their emotions. I think it, I And think that it was, would be a serious uh, learning moment, I would hope. Yeah, I for, think that's what happened. Yeah. I think it was just, it was the peak of the whole Me Too, just run with every story. So many of them turned out to be true. Um but now we've got a congressional aide who who told friends at the time specifically what happened. It jives with their current account, and it was just a few years ago, as opposed to an incredibly hazy high school memory, forty years gone. Well, it's ninety. And now you're not you're given any coverage. It was ninety three. That's not a, just a few years ago. That's that's quite a while back. Oh, the uh, the Joe Biden thing. Yeah, that's ninety three. And, yeah, fair um, enough. Okay, so it was uh, 27 years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I misspoke. This one is more credible, though, <clears throat> than the, the the Blasey Ford one. I mean, she can come up with a time and a place, and you know, other people can corroborate the, the the people being in the same room. I mean, it, it's got, but it's still not enough to destroy a person over. There are reasons. It's in the it's in the eye of the voter. I think you report the allegation, perhaps, and leave it alone. Yeah. Anyway, um, unlike the Kavanaugh witch hunt, which was one of the more shameful moments in the history of American uh, journalism.
and Joe, politics. Joe hates it when we do news things that should be an advertisement, but there is a new iPhone dropping that I'm excited about. I've actually been waiting for this iPhone, so I'll mention it. Among other Apple things, is one of the wealthiest com- companies on earth, Jack. If they want to buy advertising, they know how. The radio business is hurting. Apple, buy some advertising. I will not p- participate in this prostituting of the Armstrong and Getty show. Send me a phone in the mail. I'll give you my address, Apple. Stay tuned. Bernie's an American original. We, we spent a great deal of time earlier in the show talking about how brilliant that was of Barack Obama and, and coming up with something that sounds like it's a compliment to Bernie Sanders, but is really nothing. It is absolutely nothing. That, that Barack Obama is good at that sort of thing. And Bernie's an American original. And it's the delivery and the look on his face. Like, isn't that just fantastic? <laughs> John Wayne Gacy was an American original. <laughs> He dressed as a clown, yet murdered dozens of young men. He's an American original. There's nothing at all uh, that's actually a compliment there, but whatever. He's a Soviet original, more like Barrack. Come on! Uh, New iPhone out. The new $399 iPhone SE that is coming out. Uh, I've been waiting for this one for a couple of reasons. One, I need a new phone. Uh, I've dropped mine so many times it just barely functions. Two... Uh, I uh, I wanted a, I didn't want to spend a thousand dollars and three I like the smaller phones and this is going to be one of the smaller ones this is the same size as the the eight uh, so wow back to the small huh oh. I got the big old griddle sized phone I love it I want to go back to the five I think that was the last one that was that smaller one I wish they'd put one of those out I don't know why they don't have those Chinese slave laborers make some of those <laughs> in that size why why because you wear your Wrangler so tight I just I just think it's so much I like the one hand usage of it. I find it easier to operate with one hand, with my mm. tiny little child thumbs, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I just doesn't use up much space. I don't. I don't need a bigger one. I just don't need it. Breaking freedom-loving news: Operation Gridlock in Michigan, protesting Governor Gretchen Whitner, Whitmer's uh, harsh, crazy, arbitrary stay-at-home orders. And here's my favorite part. One of the the protesters said this. It, it was straight out of my mouth earlier in the show. There's no reason why she can't be looking at some safe ways to be opening up businesses. Instead of talking about what's essential and non-essential, let's talk about what's safe and not safe. Safe businesses and safe workers need to get back to work. Amen. Yep, uh, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. He presses the buttons, he keeps us on the air. There he is, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, I just checked. I did just receive my stimulus check. Uh, my fiance wants me to save it, and I want to buy glow-in-the-dark shoes. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Producer Positive Sean, a final thought? Uh, this week's episode of Better Call Saul was phenomenal and i'm so sad there's only one more episode of this season i love that show so much yeah the problem with the limited run series is the limited run (laughs) uh let's see jack a final thought for the crew for the folks to the governor of michigan who i started railing against yesterday and it just it just makes my skin crawl her attitude 
these aren't bad people that do this. That's what you got to understand. That's what the founding fathers need uh, did understand. It's just human nature. They they all think they're smart enough to protect us all. They grab more power. It's not necessarily malevolent, but it ends up being that way. Yeah, it's just inevitable. Absolutely true. Uh, my final thought, we were discussing this during the commercials. There was a giant pileup on Chicago highways during heavy snow today. Uh, that's where I grew up. It's 80 degrees. It's going to be 80 degrees where I live now in California. And uh, I love Chicago. I miss Chicago, but I'm not going back. So your final thought is there's different weather in different places. That's it. Well, there's they're well characterized. Thank you. That's nice. Remind me to start reinterpreting your final thoughts in the future. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Can we record that China is a-hole clip and have Jack's name in there? Huh? Can we? So many people. Uh, Thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. There's a lot of great stuff there. A lot of great clicks. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's good. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just... Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Bernie's an American original. Armstrong and Getty.